Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 Response Unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storm Team Force always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey everyone, David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at GP Russell Store, or check out our website, www.gprusselstore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you gotta hang out in gorilla position. Welcome to Wilfred Watches Podcast here on Brain Buster Radio. Uh, really excited that we are kick kicking off Brain Buster Radio to a very cool reception. We've got very cool fans, very cool listeners who are participating and chatting with us, and we really appreciate that a lot since we've started, so thank you guys very much for that. If you're not on board yet, please, um, if you're listening to this on my feed, jump over to Brain Busta Radio on any app, anywhere you're listening to, and subscribe. Um, give us a rating of five, please, or whatever the highest rating is. Um, nowadays, you can give seven stars for stuff, so apparently. Um, anyways... Give us the highest rating you can. Leave a nice comment if you can. Um, apparently, the internet algorithms love that kind of jazz. So today, Tuesday, beautiful Tuesday, uh, what we're going to do is answer some questions about New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan Pro Wrestling has been my love, my passion for about eight years now, I've been watching more regularly, and um, I'm going to answer a couple questions that some people might, me, you know, people may wonder or they feel a little insecure about asking, um, but we're going to throw things out here now that's easy to understand. And I'm not alone. I have Wednesday's Brain Busta delivery for you, Queen of Queen's Court is with me on the air. How are you doing, Queen? I'm so good, buddy. How are you? I'm uh, jealous of your wicked uh, download numbers. Um, oh my people goodness. Are, <laughs> people are really digging your show, and I couldn't be prouder of you. Um, oh. <laughs> it's <laughs> you, uh, You've picked it up very quickly, and it's a very good show. So tell us about your show briefly before we get into it. Sure. Oh, thanks so much. I'm so I'm so happy. Uh, Queen's Court is an interactive, collaborative show. I'm going to give you hard-hitting analysis, deep opinions, thoughts. I'm going to bring people to you. You get to interact with me and hold court. You get to send in questions, whether that be on Twitter or via MP3 if you want your voice heard. 
And I will answer your questions, discuss your topic on my show every Wednesday on Brain Buster Radio. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and guys, don't send anything weird through the uh, with the MP3 files because we have, we have a trained set of unicorns that uh, deciphers all of the – they do all the, the nitty-gritty stuff behind the scenes. So let's not uh, give any of that nastiness to the unicorns. They don't deserve it. So no. let, let's talk about – <laughs> you know the first hiccup we had with brain buster i was like unicorns damn them and, gosh uh, darn it they must not have had their special frappuccino from starbucks <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just like a pound of sugar um, basically yes. color color ink okay color dye <laughs> all right so we have some questions we put a little tweet out and luckily i got some responses which was fantastic mm-hmm. And I'm going to go through a couple of these. Now, I'm not a historian. Uh, I just have a lot of opinions about what I watch. So I'm going to answer these the best that I possibly can. I started watching back in, I want to say around 11, 2011. I, I caught my eye. And what caught my eye was Prince Devitt. Prince Devitt, a.k.a. Finn Baller, was in body paint. And he came out of a coffin. And he had Bad Luck Fale, he had Tamatonga, he had these guys around him, and they were evil-looking dudes. And it just did not fit. And you could tell right away, this guy didn't fit with the rest of the roster. This guy didn't uh, fit in a square hole. It was just a totally different you know, character, and it really caught my eye. So for the next few months, I kind of, you know, gently got myself into it and started to learn a little bit more. And holy crap, um, never, never looked back. Uh, Queen, when did you kind of catch the eye or when did New Japan catch your eye? Um, And maybe was it a wrestler? Was it a match or... Yeah, um, I have a really good guy friend, and he really got me into New Japan. So it's kind of all his fault that this all started. (laughs) Um, My love for New Japan. But um, about late 2016 and 2017, he showed me some of Kenny Omega's stuff. And he showed me a couple other indie, you know, wrestlers and said, hey, did you know that these people that are in WWE, they also did this, right? So he was getting, getting me introduced to it, and he showed me some of Kenny's stuff, and then he showed me some Okada stuff. And I never stopped. It may have been casual, but I never stopped watching. The quality of wrestling, the actual technical side of the wrestling was so good, my mouth was open watching the whole time. I was like, this is, what is this? This is amazing. I didn't understand a thing. It didn't matter to me. Japanese commentaries faded in the background, and I just watched. And they were so talented. Mm -hmm. And I said, who is this man? Why is there money everywhere? What's happening? <laughs> the rainmaker. <laughs> the rainmaker. <laughs> and I saw him and his beautiful little shorts. And I said, oh, Lord, I need to watch this. And all of a sudden, I dove in. And I and I couldn't stop. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I know a lot of people came onto the scene with Kenny Omega. And he's an extraordinary pro wrestler. And yes. I've been at odds because of his whole contract situation. And he's been teasing you know, the carrot out there and, and since last year and then this past year. and But there's no doubt that he's one of the best wrestlers in the entire world. Mm-hmm. And it's he's incredible. Um, 
yeah, a lot of people have seen Jericho or Kenny Omega and got on board. And I couldn't be happier that there are more eyes on the product because, you know, a lot of people I see online say, oh, well, they need to go away. Or you see people who want the companies to die or to, mm-hmm. to end. And you shouldn't ever want a company to no. to to perish. Um, you want to see everybody thriving, even if they're having a hard time. I'm not a big fan of Ring of Honor right now. No, and I'm kind of, I'm mentally checked out. But I don't want them to, you know, go under. You know what I mean? Correct. That's that's a yep. little too extreme for me. And, I agree. Um, so anyways... Just a side comment. Um, so let's let's kick it off with a question okay. from Zach. Zach says, "Will God, uh, will God's Ring of Honor reign uh, last very long?" Well, I don't think it is. Um, you were there, Queen, at G One Supercar. I was. Can you give me just a quick first impression of like what you thought of God in person? And also what you thought of the whole afters. Absolutely. So this was my first, obviously, New Japan experience. And I was thrilled to see these individuals live. And G.O.D. is one of my favorites. I just love their attitude. And they they make me chuckle. So whenever I saw them come out, they seemed to me like a super badass. As as they appear in their promos is how I saw them in real life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And... As they came to the ring, I knew they were going to win right off the bat. I'm like, I just know. It's happening. They're taking both belts. I can feel it in my bones. Um, It was really fun to watch them live. I enjoyed them quite a bit. I liked also seeing Evil and Sonata as a side note. But... Absolutely. They're like my other other loves. I'm obsessed with them. Anyway. The the Heartbreak Kid, Sexy Boy music goes off in my head when I I hear Sonata's name. Oh my god, yes. I love him (laughs) so much. Okay, anyway. Sorry. I digress. For now. But. For now. For now. So I, I watched them wrestle. I loved it. I thought it was a great match. What I will say is after they were done and they win. And I also agree, I don't think it's going to be very long. But when it was over, and those two jack-offs came out, and they attacked the Briscoes, I looked right at that ring, and G.O.D. had no clue. That's how it came off to me. Like, acting aside, they had no idea. Like, you could register the shock. And they were looking around, and then they like kind of got back into it, right? Okay, i got to put my face back on and go into what they were supposed to be doing, or thought they were supposed to be doing. And it never picked back up. And for me, I that's why I was like, is this is this like not supposed to happen? Yeah. Because they gave me the clue right away that something was wrong. Like it wasn't the normal like, oh great, now who are the, who are these idiots coming in? You know, if it's a work, right? It did not seem that way to me. And what it looked like was a holy hell beatdown in that little corner there. And then Bully Ray came out, and it was just like a total brawl. And they didn't get involved at all. They were still in the ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought that was very, very intriguing. Yeah, I think that you, that moment could be the final kind of, um, could be the ending of the relationship between New Japan mm-hmm. and Honor. They've had a relationship for several years now, and that has included co-branding events together war of the worlds 
stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And um, you've seen the Ring of Honor title on the Wrestle Kingdom cards a few times. Right. And it's been a good relationship because you get talent going back and forth. And sure. that's good, I think, for both brands. But I think there's a point now, and you nailed it, when the management and the agents and the people who are actually running that show are not communicating with each other. And you know Ring of Honor is not going to... I get where they're coming from. They don't want to... They want to have as as least amount of people uh, in this circle about mm-hmm. this whole after business um, as possible. But when you don't share that with the other company that you are branding the events with, that is a bad, bad business move. That's a Quite bad so. signal. Because if you can't communicate with the talent that are in there, you really took away from the next match a little bit. That's mm-hmm. how bad it was viewing on the internet and viewing mm-hmm. at home. I'm looking up trying to see what the fuck just happened. And, yep. he, and instead of watching the fucking ace of New Japan, Tanahashi, come out. Right. Zach Sabre, and, and, it, and it really, really suffered. It, it mm-hmm. ruined that moment for me because I was trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Absolutely. And imagine how the actual paid performers feel in that same mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a bad sign. But I think regardless of Tamatonga, and I don't really, I'm not a huge fan of him. But mm-hmm. here's the thing. I think he is a professional. He and Tongaloa are going to do the job. I think right. War of the Worlds is coming up in May, the first uh, week of May. They're in Buffalo, right. Toronto, Grand Rapids, and Chicago. Pretty sure this is where they're going to drop the belts. Yep. Um, they'll come over. They'll do the show. They'll get paid and go the fuck back home and mm-hmm. drop the belts. End it. I don't think they're going to be in a situation where they're going to really just like, you know, fuck your titles forever. I think that just played off of their real emotions, which is great, mm-hmm. great for views and clicks. But sure, they'll drop the title at the next Ring of Honor New Japan because they do have some more scheduled events. And right. Although they're not just going to cut ties that quickly, I think it's wildly obvious that New Japan, in this relationship with Ring of Honor, it's a lot more give than it is receiving. They're not getting back what they're putting in with with Mm -hmm. Ring of Honor. And um, that's what I think is going to happen with that. Anyways. Yeah, I think so too. And if I could just tell you real quick, from, from being there in person... I knew Tana was coming out next and Sabre Jr., which I I love them both. And we were all, the entire audience, even after probably cut to a promo, we were, I mean, screaming at these people to get them out. Because I don't know what you guys saw, but it still continued for a while. It did, yeah. Like a while. We got um, the angle the video angle at the Mm -hmm. announcer's booth so that was i think below you because you were kind of up in that corner so we had the camera angle at that low angle um we saw some people's hands like we saw i think it was Cass's hands in the air and they were ushering people around and they made a comment like uh so and so can't get you know biz they can't get tv time over there so they're trying to do it here you know some witty little line um, mm-hmm. And it really looked like Kevin Kelly had no idea what was no happening. No idea. He That's seemed, what I was going to bring up. Yes. He was like, no comment. I'm like, he didn't say anything. And that was yep. that was the cue to me. Like, this something's okay. not like 
Yes, it looks like it was a work shoot because the security guards are literally standing there with their fucking right. hands in their pocket. Um, and just the bad timing with the fucking Hall of Fame, dude. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. That's a you. whole nother thing. Yes, this is what I was going to ask you. So, obviously, being there, I didn't know until the nice guy next to me, shout out to you, you're mm-hmm. awesome, showed me the video and was like, yo, did you see this? And I was like, What? And there was a good hour between when that happened and when this happened, right? So I don't understand why this still was allowed to happen when you didn't tell the other people. Yeah, because right? the the contracts are already made, and oh. they're not going to make a switch that late at, at that last second. It could still happen. I just meant, why didn't you tell the other people backstage, yeah. hey, we know this happened at the Hall of Fame, please know that this is a work, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's, because uh, that guy who attacked Brett, mm-hmm. he may not have had anything metal, but like, what if he was carrying something else? You don't know what people can do. Absolutely. And now you have to, and all Disgusting. these people are now worried about their safety, mm-hmm. and they, and they obviously have heard about it. It's going to be rumbling backstage what happened. So that to me was just unbelievable. That they, the fact that you could tell, and that was what I was going to ask about commentary because I could see them directly at the announce table, and he looked like he saw a ghost, <laughs> yeah, and he just said he nothing. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh, shoot. And it took away from a really cool moment the next match. It did, because Tanahashi and Zack Sabre Jr. were incredible. Yeah, it was disappointing. Um, But I want to move ahead to another question. So we got a few questions here. Now, G.O.D. is Gorillas of Destiny, of course. Tamatonga and Tongaloa. Tongaloa, formerly Camacho of NXT WWE. Um, Did you know that, Queen? I'm sure you know that, but... I did, yes. Isn't that funny how... We oh we put the darker skin guy on a bicycle and he's called Camacho. It's just I know. Jesus Christ. Anyway, so let's see. Mike online asks: Is Chaos still a group, and who's in it? Which is a great <laughs> question. Great question. Because since G One Climax last year, G One Climax is their perennial tournament of the year, and it's um, you know a round robin tournament where you um, you gain points. And you're put in different blocks, and the winner of each block takes on each other in the finals. Winner gets a handy-dandy briefcase contract to headline um, Wrestle Kingdom for the heavyweight belt. So G1 Climax is a huge deal. It's the biggest event of the year outside of, you know, Wrestle Kingdom and uh, Dominion. G1 Climax is where it's at. So anyways, since G1 Climax 28 last year... Mm-hmm. Uh, Jay White really kind of splintered chaos uh, before becoming part of Bullet Club. And Jay White, he, he was part of chaos, mm-hmm. but really never really part of the team. And, of course, that eventually led to Gato, uh, formerly right. Okada's side dude, his hype dude. Gato now joined alliances alliances later in the year with Jay White. So Jay White really splintered this group. And right. really since that time, we're coming up on more than six or seven months now that Chaos has been really kind of iffy. It's not very solidified. You have Okada, Goto, Ishii. Mm-hmm. Um, you now have Mikey Nichols, who's kind of yes. part of Chaos. You have you know Goto, who's also kind of the lead guy and 
uh, Rocky Romero, uh, you know, Rapungi 3K, but they don't have a very solid identity. They they exist, but it's very questionable. So I'm very curious to see where this is going to be taken over the next few months in spring. Mm-hmm. I do think Chaos is still a group, but um, it's it's the people who are in it are still fluid at this moment. I think it's an it's an ongoing story that uh, sure that we don't know the answer to because I think there's a lot that could be digging into that because we have a Jay White versus Goto match on Dontaku, a special right. singles match, which stands out because it's a singles match with no belt on the line, no number one contender, nothing. So I'm I'm very curious how that fits into where where the faction where the factions lie at this point. Because factions right. are a huge deal in Japanese wrestling. Big time. Um, in stardom, in Noah, in New Japan, you you typically belong to some group. And if you're not in a group, it's a lot harder for you to kind of uh, make your own uh, way in the in the roster. So Chaos, yes, is still a group. And Chaos has been the biggest group for a period of years now. Mm-hmm. But Los Ingobernables are the face group they are the good guys group and chaos is no longer that top group anymore so this is a very fluid situation so i'm not really sure mike what's happening with chaos because i don't think anybody really knows but i think we'll find out a little bit more where the story goes at the beginning of may when the next show is which is wrestling dantaku um it's kind of like a two-day event so you're gonna get two full cards of a lot of title matches. Um, mm. Setting the scene for the next show, which is Best of the Super Juniors, which is exactly what it sounds like. It's <laughs> uh, basically a cruiserweight classic. It's a cruiserweight tournament um, with 20 guys. It's a mini tournament where you gain points, much like the G1 Climax, and um, the winner gets a title shot, title shot for the junior title. So, mm-hmm. Mag's asked who do i think is going to win the best of the super juniors starting in may and early look at who's going to win the g1 climax this year now this is a big one because g1 climax is making their night one of the tournament on american soil for the very first time and it's a historic moment they're doing it in dallas and it's pretty incredible that something that was a tournament that was on air and you know a few years back when i started watching you had g1 climax on um you got maybe three or four live shows and the rest were on tape delay they were from hard cam angles so you had one view to watch all the other shows and of course no english commentary right um so it was a lot harder to watch now We've got every single show on the G1 Climax Live. We've got English and Japanese commentary and multi-angle. So it's a fully produced show every day, essentially, um, in July and August. It's, it's wild how far it's come. So, G1 Climax. I've been saying it since last year, and I'll stick with my guns. I think Naito's time to get that trophy is going to be this year. Mm-hmm. And he will head into Wrestle Kingdom as the challenger to 
Kazuchika Okada. That's where I'm thinking right now. Although, the way that Jay White has had his title run and then has lost his title, mm-hmm. I think there could be another option out there where we get that that huge climax of LIJ versus Bullet Club and that culminating with Naito versus... I mean, uh, yeah, LIJ culminating with Naito versus Jay White. Um, so I think there's two routes that they could go with this. Okay. I definitely think Naito's the guy to win G1. Uh, do you have any idea of who you think would be a potential winner this year? So as much as I would like to say Sonata, it's not going to be. I think it's going hey, to be Naito he was as well. one step away in the New Japan Cup. I know, but I think he's going to continue to be one step away. Mm, and it's going to build his storyline, honey, all the way to Wrestle Kingdom. That's what I think. But... I I actually also agree. I think it's time for Naito. And after watching him versus Kotobushi, I can see where this is the opportunity, right? Because we're we're rolling right towards G1. It's coming. It's coming soon. And I feel like this is his time. I think he's going to end up winning. And he will come in as the challenger, yes. And Mags also asked about best of the super junior so best of the super junior starts in may it's the Mm -hmm, junior mm -hmm. tournament and we got a promotional photo promotional email went out in japan uh, about a week or so ago or last week and it shows 19 competitors um Mm -hmm. it was basically showing pre-sale ticket information for the best of the super juniors now it has 19 people typically Mm -hmm. they're going to have 20 um and it looks like we kind of have a really good sense of who's in the tournament. It makes sense, barring injuries or anything. And as far as picks, I'm looking at somebody who is essentially a heavyweight in this yep. group. And knowing the way that New Japan books their matches and books their divisions, because we have heavyweight and junior, and it's very solidified. Sure. Other than the never open weight, the never has finally started to look what it was intended to be, which is an open weight title. Sure. But tradition holds heavyweights always have the upper hand. So looking at this poster of competitors, when I see Osprey, I see a heavyweight, and it's very hard to go against Will Osprey. He, yeah. He's won this before. He's been the junior champion. He's been the never champion. And I am I feel confident that he's going to eventually challenge for the heavyweight title. I don't think he'll ever be a heavyweight mm-hmm. champion in New Japan, but I think he'll challenge. Um, but seeing Osprey, I have to go with Osprey early on until we really get an authentic roster and matchups. Um, then we could really find out. But standing out to me, Marty Skrull, because he's a former uh, junior champion. Uh, Bandito sticks out to me, I think. Uh, maybe not as a winner, but as a potential you know, favorite to be almost the finalist. Dragon Lee, of course, is the champion, so that's going to be hard to beat him. But mm-hmm. Osprey, Osprey just stands out to me as a heavyweight. Um, are there any faces on here, any names that jump out to you that you think would be in the finals or even win it? It's got to be Osprey for me. Bandito is my second pick. <laughs> More because I want him to win. Because <laughs> he does really cool match, f- flippy stuff. And... He does do really cool flippy stuff. <laughs> but after that triple threat match that I watched, 
I mean, they were fantastic, all of them together. But it was an incredible match. Incredible, it really was. incredible. And he, he's got some in him. And like you and I talked about it a little bit before, but I think they're gonna love him there, like love him. Yeah, the New Japan audience really um, took a liking to Flip Gordon whenever he came over and did some Cork and Hall shows. Um, and I think they're gonna really take to Bandito a lot. Um, I, they they enjoy you know Fantastica Mania, which is typically after Wrestle Kingdom, where a bunch of the CMLL guys come over. But this is different because Bandito is really a class above most of those guys. Yep. And I think Bandito, he's just a little more bulky too. I mean, he's not just frail and small. No. He just does like, he's he's a big, strong guy. Yes. Um. So I think he's gonna make a big impact on the Japanese audience. We'll see. Um, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But dra- it is it is hard with Dragon League coming in as champ. It's like, mm, okay, what yeah. do you do now? <laughs> you know what I mean? You definitely have Hiromu just kind of on the outer fringes. Like, when is he going to come back? Because that makes yes. a big difference. Now, here's another thing about Best of the Super Juniors. Mm-hmm. Um, they are having their finals at the Budokan, which is a very historic building, which New Japan... Uh, was not going to for several years because of oh. Kota, because Kota Ibushi moonsaulted off the, <laughs> uh, the the balcony. He wasn't supposed to. Anyways. Oops. Yeah. So so they're <laughs> back. They returned last year for the G1 Climax Finals for the last three okay. nights. But now they're returning to the Budokan for the best of the Super Junior Final. And that atmosphere, that that building would be special. If Hiromu walked out there, that would mm-hmm. be a special moment. And I think that's what they're doing. I you think so? Yeah, I don't think we're going to see him at Dantaku. Oh. Best of the Super Junior final in that arena, in that setting, just yells to me, Hiromu. So. Ooh, okay, well, hey, I wouldn't hate that at all. So. Ah, nobody would. <laughs> so uh, another junior, which everybody knows, is Jushin Thunder Liger. Absolute legend. And yeah. he has applied his trade with WCW. He's even done an NXT show versus Tyler Breeze, which was yeah, hilarious. And so funny. he's an absolute legend. He does commentary for the Japanese commentary sometimes. Um, JPQ. Oh, and I'm sorry. Before we go on, Mags, of course, is uh, at Badlands Pod. He's got his show on Brain Buster Radio on Thursdays. Um, it's a Mount Rushmore's uh, for wrestling and different topics every week. It's a fantastic show. So yeah, check well, out it's so Thursdays. good. Yeah, really good. Now, JPQ asked last match for Liger. So, JPQ, of oh. course, no particular angle. And if you are listening to this and you're hearing Queen's voice and hearing mine, you know who JPQ is. But his show is on Wednesday, no particular angle on Brain Buster Radio. Last match for Liger. I'm gonna go with my with my heart instead okay. of my mind, <laughs> and seeing that seeing that moment with the great Muda was mm. was special. Oh, and so special. I don't know the logistics. I don't know if they can do this, but imagine that moment of having a good, solid, you know, eight to ten minute match with the great Muda at the Tokyo Dome. In his oh. final match. That's what I'm going to go with um, for Jushin Thunder Liger's final match. I think that would be pretty, pretty epic. But I wouldn't be against 
because they started the Road 2 shows this morning, and he had a little interactions with Tai Chi a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if they do a hmm. little feud um, just to get Tai Chi some more heat, because it's easy to boo him. People love to, you know, have fun with him. So maybe they'll do that over the spring or summer, but I'm thinking Muta. Somebody really iconic. That would be special. I um, think it has to be, right? It has to be something It doesn't have iconic. to be. I, I, I think Hiromu could be another option, mm-hmm. um, depending on if everybody's healthy. Um, but as far as my heart, I would say great mood. I would say with my mind, I think Hiromu or another junior could be a better option logistically but so. logistically sure yeah i can see that well i say has to because you know we just lo- we just love it <laughs> so for me yeah. it feels like oh don't waste this opportunity you gotta do it you know and there's a lot of people that they can call on um he's had a storied career and it's going to be a sure. really special 2019 to see his final year and you yes. already heard it on the show this morning that i watched uh the wrestling road to dantaku the crowd was wild and Uh-oh. They know it's his final year, so they're going to be even louder. Um, so very exciting. So, okay, let's go to another question. Okay, by somebody called Queen. <gasps> All right, who's that? <laughs> do I know her? <laughs> yeah, you know her very well. Um, I think I do. So, new folks uh, recommended starts for storylines. So, if you're just getting into it, mm-hmm. so here's what I do. When I get into a newer um, show or promotion that I really kind of like and I want to find out more about, I try to go find their key events. And like with Riptide in England, I said, what's their big events? You know, mm-hmm. okay, well, it was the last couple of shows were really big, so I'm going to check them out. Um, with New Japan, I would recommend... Uh, I just per- I'm just one person. I would recommend jumping into the G1 climax and probably getting the last three nights, taking a look at those cards uh, where you get the semifinals and the finals, um, and then that kind of takes you to you know the Dominion show is another one I would choose something in the middle of the year, the middle of the calendar. That way you could kind of see. This is where it was about six months ago, and now I'm starting to learn who the players are. I know the names. I know their styles a little bit. And after watching one or two more shows, you can kind of have a better grip of of what's happening by the time January rolls around. So I would say go back about six months um, Mm -hmm. and kind of see where things were. I did the same thing with Stardom. I picked it up in, I think, like October last year. And is when I started paying for it and subscribing. And I did the same thing. I said, what's their big event? And I knew it was the five-star Grand Prix as a tournament. And that's where I jumped into. And I started to slowly learn cool. the names. So what I would say, if you want to get into New Japan, you saw this card and, and it was enjoyable. Uh, you don't have to lo- know everything right off the top. Just mm-hmm. go back to a show three to six months and, and just jump in and ask questions. It's it's and it's a lot better with English commentary for some people to get into. So sure, that's a great resource. So that's what I would recommend. Uh, cool. Go back to G One Climax. Uh, you get to see all the top players, and uh, you get to see the interactions and the styles and some short, relatively short matches. Um, so that's where I would start here. Uh, Queen, <laughs> you also asked the biggest draw. I think Okada, for the 
the sense of like the whole family. You know, the guy want the dad wants to be younger, so they mm. like him, and they're like, "Oh man, I could have been him." You know, when I was twenty nine or thirty. Sure. The mom wants to you know take care of him because he's a beautiful, handsome man and he's a champion. The kids <laughs> look up to him because he's he's not uh, you know uh, an honorary guy. He's a good guy. He he wants to do good. He fights well. He fights strong. I think Okada is more of a guy who who would be easy to jump in and say, okay, he's he's a guy I want to follow. Now, as far as a draw, something unique about New Japan is that they really honor their their older talents. Mm. They don't just shepherd them into the corner. They still provide them the uh, the crowd provides them the big reception that they used to have. So. Um, I think Jushin Thunder Liger is one of those people that you'll put him anywhere and the the house is going to blow up, you know, the roof's going to blow up. So Jushin Thunder Liger, Okada, and really Tanahashi, just his presence, the presence of these people, the prestigious mm. feel when you see them and the music and and they're just coming out there like 80s rock stars. <laughs> yes. And with the hair <laughs> And their bodies Tana, especially. are their bodies are sculpted. Um, they've got really, really flashy gear, the lights, the smoke, and everything. And um, I think Okada, Tanahashi, and Jushin Thunder Liger can really speak to uh, several different generations all at the same time. So that's what I would consider my answer. Um, what do you think? Who who do you think's the biggest draw in New Japan? So for me. I totally agree it's about very Okada. Subjective how you it is very subjective, though, right? Yeah. Isn't it interesting? Um, I will say, if you are a fan of wrestling, not just entertainment, but actual wrestling, that's a huge draw. It was for me. When I saw that, I was like, I have to watch this more. I have to understand what's happening here. I need to know their names. I need to know where I can find more matches. Like, how do I do this? Because... The, just the talent for me is such a big draw in and pull in. Um, they got big personalities. That 80 Rockers thing is, is not a lie. <laughs> that is for sure. Mm -hmm. And Tano with his freaking cute little ponytails. I can't. But he like, it's like Kiss, but without the face paint, you know? <laughs> but yeah. they're just, they're, they're larger than life personalities. But it's not just that. Like, there's something for everybody in New Japan. And that's what I think a lot of people don't get. Right? If you want a feel-good moment, just look at Yano. He's wonderful. He came out and did his little commentary. I was losing my mind. <laughs> and, you know, Mr. Queen was there with me, and he didn't know anything. He know bare bones. I was like, this is these are the big people, right? These are some of the names you're going to hear, and kind of like bare bones basics. He enjoyed it quite a bit. He enjoyed New Japan more than they liked New of Honor. New of Honor. Ring of Honor. And, um... But he didn't know any storylines. And now he's like, so how do I watch more Okada matches? Like, can we watch some more? I'm like, yeah, we can. You know why? Because we have New Japan World. <laughs> <laughs> the the ring, um, the actual wrestling quality, they do something great with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And it's something that can kind of draw anybody into. It's, it's just a matter that they can really suck you into the drama inside mm -hmm. the ring. And... Yeah. They don't have to rely on a lot of very detailed stories as to where mm -hmm. how we've got to this point. Because the wrestling does a lot of that for you. Um, 
even if you don't really have a feud that's been built that well, these guys can sell it in the ring. They have the time to do so. They have the ability yep. to do so. Um, and, and you could see that with the Ibushi Naito match at G1 Supercard. Oh. That was a great presentation for New Japan, for new fans. So good. It showed you that they can go for a while. They can draw you in slowly. They can get you in. You'll have your holy shit moments. Yep. And uh, you're just completely sucked in by the story inside the ring. And um, it's hard to do that with WWE because you got to fill time. You got commercials. You got segments. You got backstories. You got a lot of things going at one time. Um, and it's very hard to focus on that just because they've got their, you know, they've got their hands in a thousand different pots at one time. So it's very hard to get sucked into a wrestling match in WWE. Um, but New Japan can really nail that down very well. Um, and I think the loss of... When I came in, there wasn't really any English... There was no English commentary. Which kind of drew me in even more. Because I, mm-hmm. I had to pay attention. I had to focus on who is this guy. Right. I want to see their fighting styles. I want to see how they're combating each other. And that drew me in very well. Mm-hmm. So, you mentioned you have New Japan World. I which do. is where you can watch for about nine bucks a month. Yep. <laughs> um, you get the archives too. You get everything from 1972, barring some of the Samurai TV shows. Um, Samurai TV has the rights to um, several shows from the 90, late 90s and, and early 2000s. So there's some stuff that's still not on there. Sure. Um, but you basically get everything um, archives. Um, you get tons of content. It's wild. Um, it is wild. It really actually It's crazy. And of course, if you go to. Um, and I'm going to look this up real quick. Uh, Lariato. Mr. Lariato on Twitter. He's got a pinned tweet that is a huge Excel sheet that has basically all the key matches over the last, what, 50 years? 47 years? Um, mm-hmm. And the link straight to the match. So that's bookmarked, and it's been bookmarked for a long time for me. Um, so you go to at Mr. Lariato. And mm-hmm. he's made this crazy good Excel sheet. Have you seen that yet? I sure have. Okay, fantastic. I went off that to watch a couple of matches I haven't seen before. That's so, fantastic. Yes. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. some. That's a, a really great resource to use. Um, yeah, he's awesome. So Shane online asks, uh, "What changes would I make? Uh, given all the new content, English content, free matches, backstage mm-hmm. comments, and subtitles, I mean, they've done everything. And whenever I watch a live stream, I rarely have issues." They really have a solid service, even during the height of of a big event. Wrestle Kingdom mm-hmm. never skipped or buffered at all. Um, the G1 Supercard didn't skip or buffer. It was just solid the whole way through. Um, so as far as changes, not much I would change. Maybe the search options would be a little better. Yeah. That's the only thing that's a little difficult for English um, watchers, but they do have the option now to click japanese or english on the website which is a huge help um, yes big time to easily find this the schedule and, and the calendar and everything but it's just the search option i think could be worked on a little bit but other than that they've just continue to improve it over and over and it's very impressive yeah and they've actually also stepped up their online presence as well and that's been really helpful um because when i first started watching it they didn't really have this commentary option and then things started to progress and move forward and now that i can just click boop english and go oh okay this makes it a lot easier for me to obviously understand but the search options is the only thing i kind of really don't like um it's a little confusing 
But once you find it, you're fine. It just takes a little bit. So if they would do that, I think they'd be top notch. They've added so much stuff. Um, they're they're much more fan and interactive with their U.S. Um, watchers. So that I think has been stellar improvement. Um, you also asked the best faction and why. Mm-hmm. Lij Los Ingobernables. Yep. Of course, this was a group that was formed in CMLL by Roosh, um, who's now with Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. Um, and Terrible, Terrible. Um, so this was a group that was formed in Mexico, and they were a big thing. They were nasty. They were they were just rude. They were big dickheads. <laughs> and Naito went on an excursion, really fell in love with the whole imagery, the 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 whole culture of Mexico. He really fell in love with, and he brought back the Los um, gimmick. Giving it a sub faction, a subgroup of uh, De Japon uh, for Japan, and over the past few years since he returned with that debut, it's it seems to me on a worldwide level that the Japanese formation of Los Ingobernables has actually taken over and been mm. the number one group, um, even surpassing the original, which is really interesting. And, and it goes to show how well it's been executed in Japan and with Naito and having the guys um, and having the different personalities in the different weight divisions has really, really been something else. So LIJ is easily the, uh, the, the best faction for me. Um, and they just speak to different parts of the family, different wrestling fans, different styles. Um, they really kind of speak to just about everyone who's a wrestling fan. You can have your different, uh, you know, if you like the juniors, how can you not like Bushi? If you're into the heavyweights, Naito is so lovable. And Mm -hmm. he's vicious at the same time. He's just an encapsulated character. Um, Of course, Sonata and Evil are your future breakout stars. They're the guys who could easily take the reins of another group at any time. Um, Of course, Shingo from Dragon Gate is a worker. And he's a badass dude with a great look. Um, and just an amazing worker. So, you know, you have all these parts. And, of course, Hiromu coming back eventually. You just have so many young Japanese talents in this group. And it's it's really, really special. It's just really sure. special. Because they're all Japanese bred, Japanese nationality. And it's mm-hmm. just fantastic. I love it. Now... Bullet Club, Freddie asked <laughs> about the or- origin. Now, of course, this is around the time, just just before, Bullet Club kind of formed before I started watching. So, around that time. So, I mentioned at the beginning, Bad Luck Fale and Prince Devitt coming out. Um, essentially, Prince Devitt was in a tag team called Apollo 55 with uh, Taguchi, Funky Weapon. And they were Apollo 55. They're a great juniors team. Um, Prince Devitt, though, 2013. Uh, yeah, I was watching just before it happened. Uh, so Devitt, um, oh, yeah, Dad, those little black tights. Ching out. He was, uh, <laughs> he was a heartthrob back then. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Um, Prince Devitt <laughs> uh, basically turns back on Taguchi. Mm-hmm. And he formed up with Carl Anderson, Balak Fale, and Tomatonga. And Prince Devitt turned heel, um, but not by himself. He was with a group. He had uh, Gaijin. He had Carl Anderson. He had the uh, Tomatonga. He had the uh, 
Samoan legacy. So it was an international group that were there to fuck shit up. And oh, yeah. <laughs> they were in backstage areas. They would just be destructive. It was just mayhem. Everywhere they went, they were reckless. The group started to uh, gain some traction. Now, the Bullet Club was really kind of very similar to um, NWO. NWO was created in Japan. That was originally where it was. I know NWO was huge in WCW, but originally it was a Japanese thing that WCW really adopted. Um, and then they went with their whole thing. Um, kind of, uh, I don't want to draw similarities, but kind of how Los Ingobernables Gobernab- L- started in Mexico, but it became something totally different in Japan. Um, that's kind of what the NWO thing did, and, and it was in New Japan first, um, but then NWO started to be a totally different thing in WCW. Um, that's kind of how Bullet Club was. Bullet Club started out very similar to NWO. They mm-hmm. were brutal. They were vicious. They didn't care. They threw the bird. They said fuck off. They used all these horrible words, and they were just evil. And And it fits because it was like, a brand new faction on the scene. Factions are a huge deal in New Japan. Um, so as far as the reception to that, I obviously, I, I didn't have any connects connections in Japan at that time, so I don't know the reaction, but I, I, I figure it's probably similar to the original NWO. It was hostile. Fewer fans liked them than, than you know, there were probably more fans who disliked this group, especially mm-hmm. since there were a couple of Westerners in there. Um, which probably kind of pissed off some people. So <laughs> that's kind of where it came from. Of course, people know now that uh, you know Prince Devitt left, AJ Styles took over, and then we got mm-hmm. the Omega. Um, and honestly, uh, last year I thought Bullet Club was done. Before I thought JY. so too. I, I mean, I had episodes talking about and many conversations with other people saying, "Just kill it off, just kill it off," because. They were, were utterless. Tama Tonga was, was leading the crew. And to his credit, as far as a viewer and a fan and somebody who just watches it like myself, mm-hmm. he was not a leader. He no. just was not that figure point. And which is great about Bad Luck Fale's new new gimmick because that's really what he's been doing. He's always been the silent leader from the very beginning, Bad Luck right. Fale. But you need a front guy. And because of all the elite stuff that was going on, it really did look like Bullet Club was done. Sure did. <sighs> Jay White, man. Jay White oh, is dude, that, that guy. Dude, that guy sick. Who, and this morning on the Road 2 show, uh, they were mm-hmm. showing clips of G1 Supercard. And they were showing the American fans booing, you know, whenever Jay White had come out. So they were really building it up, you know. And, and it's, it's just giving me vibes like Prince Devitt back in the day. That's uh, yeah. just somebody that nobody really likes. It's easy to hate him. It's easy to find ways to say, no, he's not a good in-ring worker, blah, blah, blah. Oh, All lies. Shit. Well, <laughs> well, that's because we, we view it differently, and I, I think know he's do. fantastic in the ring. I do, too. Um, I do, too. <laughs> so that's kind of the Bullet Club background. There have been really good stories and posts and essays talking about their formation, so I would go out of my way to try to find that. But basically, they formed out of a tag team, that turned into something totally bigger than anybody could have imagined and reconfigured. Uh, I think they've eclipsed anything that NWO ever did. Um, longer standing, 
yeah more solidified anyways um so i want to quickly go to zeus's question about starcade 91 which is a fucking dumb question because that was a horrible <laughs> horrible show i don't even think i've seen it so that's um, you <laughs> i looked it up and i said oh god it was that one so i just wanted to touch it on it, it was basically they <laughs> randomized uh tag matches all night long Oh, and God. they just randomly drew people, and then they had a stupid battle royal at the very end. Um, Stinger won, so Sting is the best. So, anyways, that's a stupid pay for you, Zeus. And I, <laughs> I'm very frustrated that I even looked it up. <laughs> but interesting note: Jushin Thunder Liger was on that card because oh. he was heavy into WCW action at that time, where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, doing stuff with New Japan at that time in 1991 and 90 and 92. Um, so Jushin Thunder Liger was on that card. He uh, tagged with Bill Kazmaier and defeated Diamond Dallas Page and Mike oh my Graham. God. Jushin Thunder Liger um, was picked up by his tag partner in a gorilla press and, and heaved onto the opponent. Liger pinned DDP for that win. Um, oh my God. So I did look into it, Zeus. But I'm not happy with you right now. Um, oh, Lord. I'm joking. All right. Matt asks... Oh, shoot. Who asked this? Do, 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 do. Background music. All right. <laughs> Matt. Matt Granberry. Yes. Um, says, Jay White's next title shot. Uh, that's a really Ooh. good one. Because it's still very fresh. I initially thought... Later this year, maybe after Dominion, maybe bet- before the World Tag League starts up, maybe later this year is what I put. I think later this year. I think he's going to be on the back burner for a bit. We're mm-hmm. going to see some some storylines progress with the factions, with Bullet Club, and maybe the Chaos Angle, and kind of does he have a mole? Because they can always revive that. That's the best thing about New Japan. They drop breadcrumbs throughout the year, and and yep. And, and and if they just put a little water on there and a little sunlight, they can revive it. There it is. And Beautiful. you got a brand new storyline. Um, so they drop little hints throughout the whole year. So I think they might actually jump on that again because it hasn't left people's mind and people are still curious. Mm-hmm. And I think that New Japan know that. So I think they may come that. back. Yeah, I think we're going to focus on the factions for now for the next couple of yes. months. Uh, but I think Jay White gets a chance before the end of the year. Um, but I don't think he's going to win it. But he will get it. I know neither. But I think so too, yeah. Wrestling Newspaper, uh, at Wrestling News FM, uh, says, uh, at what point do New Japan drop Ring of Honor? Well, mm. they've got scheduled events already for War of the Worlds. Um, they've got Ring of Honor talent coming over very likely for New Japan's uh, Best of the Super Juniors. So there are still things in, that are in concrete that they have to abide by. Um, but as far as the relationship, I think it's soured. I, I don't know this for sure. I'm just saying this as a fan. I think it's soured. And I think that the way the direction that Ring of Honor is going... Oddly enough, I think it looks to me as a viewer that Ring of Honor thinks that they're they're a bigger draw than they actually are, mm-hmm. and I think that's going to be very very damaging to them because in a weird in a weird uh, evolving part of the story, I think Ring of Honor is going to feel brave enough that they don't need New Japan, 
and I think that's going to be their 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 death call. They're 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 done. If they've been on the New Japan life support for so long, yep. And it's a point where War of the Worlds and the Ring of Honor title matches on the uh, Wrestle Kingdom cards are just kind of weird and out of place. And Ring of Honor has needed New Japan much more. And I I I don't want to see stuff like that happen because Ring of Honor has so much potential, so many good wrestlers. Yep. Great uh, legacy that they've made for themselves since, you know, the collapse of WCW and Ring of Honor took over and, and became a new faction and put on some amazing wrestling matches. Samoa Joe, CM Punk, Brian sure. Danielson, Tyler Black. You know, they have a legacy for being that company who has a bunch of workers and put on great wrestling matches. And they are taking a huge left turn right now. And. I think it's going to sour pretty bad by the end of the year because mm-hmm. there are people like MLW, there are people like Impact who have been making huge changes, mm-hmm. um, different ownership, different locations. Dif- I mean, everything about TNA is different. Uh, it's basically a completely different company than TNA. I think it still has the TNA stank on it, but Impact has changed considerably. MLW is there. They are already international. They've got big players. They've got free wrestling on YouTube. Yep. Ring of Honor is falling behind quickly, and this could be one of the final years we see them. They need a huge shot in the arm. So yeah, I think they'll th- this this relationship will drop by 2020, mid 2020, or end of uh, fourth quarter of 2020. I think this is not going to go on for another couple years. Maybe another year or or so. But it doesn't look very good. It doesn't. <laughs> it RJ, certainly doesn't. Yeah, it looks bad. Um, RJ asks about a New Japan national uh, TV deal in the United States. I think that was very possible back when we were starting to talk about this U.S. expansion. It's a Western mm-hmm. expansion. I think that these talks might have been had in very preliminary terms, but I think New Japan can see that it's not just ready. They're not ready yet. It's not at that point yet. Um, some of the smaller shows that they've done have, they've had issues with the visas. They've had issues with getting people over there. Yep. But... Out of nowhere, we have this really incredible G1 Supercard match, which really showed everybody what a New Japan show could be. Correct. And, excuse me. As far as a TV deal, and RJ asks, you know, ESPN USA, something like that. I I don't see something that that big happening. Mm-mm. But depending on how the next year or two goes with these shows, with the G1 Climax in the United States. Maybe more shows on the East Coast where I think they'll do better. I think, I the think East, they will do better there. I think there's just more avid, crazy fans who are just mm-hmm. ready to pounce on everything. And I don't think West Coast is going to be drawing as they wish, as New Japan wishes. I think the money's really in the East Coast. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? I think not right now. I don't think they're anywhere close, but maybe in a year or two, depending on how the U.S. shows go, who knows? Maybe they could bring it back up again. But for fuck's sake, man, Juice Robinson needs to be booked better as the U.S. champion. That's driving me. Right? Um, right? Tell it, Will. <laughs> Tell it. Uh, Mike asks, uh, 
Why did Yano steal the belts? Because <laughs> uh, he's Yano. What do you mean, why? Yano is a, uh, a <laughs> loose train engine off the rails, and he'll do whatever he goddamn well pleases. Um, and think about it. He's stolen the belts, and he's going to get a title shot. Genius. He didn't even have to punch anybody, and nope. he's gotten a title shot. He's a genius. <laughs> he's a super genius. Um, and I'm very excited about Yano being back in the tag. Uh, division because he is of course former uh, tag team champions not even not only in New Japan but also pro wrestling Noah um, so he has held tag titles multiple times uh, so I'm very excited about that he's been tag champions with Zuka recently retired he's been tag champs with Ishii and Makabe um, and several times never open weight six man um, so. I'm very excited to see Yano back in there holding both belts. That would be fantastic. <laughs> so why? Don't ask questions. Just embrace and enjoy it. Um, Queen, do you have any Sir. other questions before we, we wrap this up here today? Um, with these great questions from everybody online. So thank you guys very much for that. Queen, do you have any other questions? I do. Oh, shit. Okay. So, Wilf, you asked me for one of my questions for Queen's Court last week about why more people aren't into more, let's say, promotions that have different languages or, or whatever. What is the barrier, right? Mm-hmm. Why aren't more people watching New Japan? Hmm. I think more people are. I think the, the interest level is, is high, but I think mm-hmm. there's still a stigma about, oh, with a website, it's probably Japanese. Right. Or how am I going to find the matches? Um, can I just click on my Roku button for like, you know, <laughs> you know, people want ease, uh, sure. con- convenience. And I think if we're having this conversation five to six years ago, mm-hmm. I think that stigma would be real because it was a little harder to navigate. And I when I signed up for New Japan World the first time, I was like, I had to use somebody else's pictures to show me how to do it. Because mm. it made no sense to me. But now well, it's a sure. lot easier process. Mm-hmm. So I would say as far as New Japan, I think that don't believe the stigmas that are from like five years ago. It's it's not just, it's not that hard to overcome. Um, the shows are live and they're typically around three or four in the morning. They're on replay immediately after. Yep. You now have English commentary options on all the major shows. You get those English commentary um, shows with people that you recognize. Kevin Kelly, Don Callis. You get voices that you're familiar with. Uh, you have people like Chris Charlton who are able to translate um, and sit there with Kevin Kelly to really give the backstory. Uh, I think some of the old stigmas are still prevalent mm. to people who have never watched. And... I'm hoping that more people are accepting of new fans um, because it's very easy to find something you love and, you know, find like a rock band or find something, a movie, and you're like, this is mine. And, you know, people can still do that with wrestling. People, I had a really hard time with Pro Wrestling Noah. You know, a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh, were not easy of new fans coming in um, until I found the people who were very uh, receptive and wanted to see their brand grow versus, oh, my God, somebody's watching my thing. And right. when I found those people, I began to enjoy it, and, and I could follow it a lot better. So 
I just think there's a lot of stigmas that sure. uh, you have to know uh, all the wrestlers' names on the first go. You have to know everything. You have to know the finishers. No. Um, all those stigmas are, are outrageous. And the fact that Dave Meltzer, personally, I think this, that the fact that he's throwing stars around like nobody's business mm. is really childish, I think. I think it's stupid. And it's not because I'm anti-Dave Meltzer or anything. Um, I am in a way, but it's like, you can't just give stars on matches and give this stupid rating scale on matches that you may not have even watched. Like, you're you're giving ratings on matches that you're getting reports on. And his system is flawed, and it's been flawed for a long time. Um, so I would say, fuck the rating scales. Don't look at any of the ratings. Don't take that into. Don't take that seriously. Watch a match on your own, and and see if you enjoy it. It may not be for you. Yeah, um, that's true. But New Japan World is a million miles ahead of where it was five years ago or three years ago. It's a lot easier to access. It's a lot easier to watch. Um, it's it's a lot easier than you think it is, basically. Yeah. Um. And and um. You 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 mentioned it earlier. New Japan Global Online is now doing English uh, Twitter. Yep. Coverage, which is also a huge help. So you don't have to rely on your social media being in Japanese. Uh, you have different ways to get that information to you. So. Uh, I wouldn't believe any old stigmas. There's no gatekeeping. There's a lot of fans. There's a lot of new fans within the last one or two years that will tell you that it's not as hard as you think it is. Including um, me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, I had um, I had Amy and Jen, the Dragon's Den podcast on, um, before they did podcasting. We talked about yep. Tanahashi's hair for an hour and a half. And um, they were they were brand new fans for the Jericho Kenny Omega feud. And now they're doing podcasts talking about the product. Um, There's a lot of podcasters who have done that, too, that are new. JPQ, Mm -hmm. for one. Um, You, of course. And you can talk about a product and you haven't even watched for that long. Right. Because it's 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 not that difficult to pick it up and you don't Mm -hmm. have to pick it up right away. Um, you can find a guy or girl that you like and you're like, okay, I want to learn more about this person. Yep. And, oh, tell me about this person. You could take your time with it. So um, that's what I kind of think about that. It, it's, it's so much easier now. So much yeah, easier. Yeah, I agree. And you know, Will, they also have you. And you're the New Japan guy. So <laughs> whenever I have a question, I know exactly who to talk to and whose podcast to listen to. So we appreciate you for that. That's very kind. It's, it's, uh, you know, I, the reasons you said you fell in love with it are the same reasons I had um, mm-hmm. just many, many years ago now. And I remember watching these shows and saying, oh, the wrestling is telling me the story. I'm not being told the story. And oh. I love it. I absolutely love it. They, they always keep me on my toes. I never know who's going to definitely win. Mm-hmm. I, I can have a sense of who's going to win, but I never actually know because they set things up so wonderfully that you yep. never really know. And that's the thing. We all want to be 10-year-olds again watching wrestling for the first time, not knowing what's going on or who's going to win. And uh, we just want to have that feeling again like we're kids. And yes. New Japan does that for me. 
I just I am able to lose my um, I can suspend my disbelief for a good time when I'm watching New Japan because I seriously don't know who's gonna win and it's beautiful. So we're gonna call it here because this has gone on for a while. So thanks for <laughs> listening. Um, of course, uh, we are on Brainbuster Radio, available on any podcast platform that you have. If you're listening, uh, please subscribe, rate, and like, and retweet, and all that stuff for free. Uh, it's the best way to support us. Listen to Queen on mm-hmm. Wednesdays, pretty please, and follow her <laughs> at your handle. Go ahead. Which is at the Queen of Any on Twitter. Absolutely, and uh, man, look at that, twenty three hundred follows. Jeez Louise. Yes, baby. And I started, <laughs> and I started at. 250 when i jumped in in january so i'm so grateful and so thrilled to be a part of brain buster radio hey, there's a lot of people who enjoy wrestling with you amen um, i so love it throw questions out there if you don't understand something and and we are happy to help and uh just a quick reminder yano toru never got his title shot versus kenny omega and if no. you want to learn more about that please inquire with me i'm happy to talk about it all right We'll see you next time. Please enjoy Brain Buster Radio. Subscribe later. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 response unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storm Team 4 is always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you. Raise your hand if you like saving a few bucks. If you do love saving money, join me, Susan Hogan, on News 4 at 5. Our NBC4 response unit is protecting you from scams, rip-offs, and dangerous products. We've already recovered more than a million dollars. Jim Hanley here. Susan's got your wallet covered. Wendy Rieger and I will get you up to speed. Staying on top of constantly changing headlines and what they mean for you. And Storm Team 4 is always keeping you ahead of weather changes. Join me, Doug Kammerer, and the rest of us on News 4 at 5, working for you.